Hello, my friends. Jacob is here one more time. Thank you all for pressing play, for spending some time with me. We are going to go into some very deep, deep waters, the deepest waters from where the beast comes up and swallows Jonah, the kraken, the whale, the great beast that we are about to face. Oh, it's upon us, believe it or not. There's so much to talk about in today's show. I really hope that you are buckled up. I hope that you're ready to go because I'm going to connect a lot of dots here. A lot of this, I mean, you got to stay with me. You got to pay attention. If you're in a live chat, you might want to just make sure you hit the, uh, the like button so we can get more people here and uh, just listen because one thing is going to lead to another thing is going to lead to another thing and it's going to give so many goosebumps and so much hope to all of you that it's going to blow your mind but it's also going to lay out what's going to happen I think at least I'm speculating of course what's going to happen in March because there's a lot of things going on so you're going to have to bear with me you're going to have to follow me as I take you through this journey of how we'll say God revealed all of this stuff to me the last show I did was all about bears okay the bears that's coming the bear the bear it's a judgment right and uh, if you haven't seen the show check it out of course you know it was it was demonetized which is never nice but it, it happens you know doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things because God always provides us couple of you that reached out in PayPal and and just in like actually gave me enough that would just it's kind of like the video was uh, paid by advertisers anyway it's amazing how God will kind of work everything together and bring us all together at this moment in a moment where a lot of us need to be encouraged and a lot of us are facing a great gigantic beast that has been unleashed on the land the Kraken okay but while that's all happening, we have something going on right now. It, uh, last night was a great time to see it. It's a, a conjunction between Jupiter and Venus. Jupiter being symbolic of the king planet. Of course, Venus being symbolic of, of the bride or, or the morning star. It's a big picture of, of, of kind of like Christ and his bride coming together. And they're having this kiss. There's a lot of weird things about this kiss because I was in the hospital of course with Noah where his tonsils are kissing it's very strange this suffering that he's been in and so when I heard about the uh, the planets kissing as well I thought that's interesting it reminded me of Judas's kiss right before Christ was persecuted isn't that great in a second all this is going to make sense you just got to follow me so we have this grand conjunction going on right now above us now where it's taking place is what's interesting mary busby as i'm looking into the whale because i posted on uh, on twitter i don't know if you saw that movie the whale starring uh, brendan fraser where he's getting all this praise and he was just you know it's, it's about this morbidly obese person and you know of course society has done everything they could to make everybody think that it's okay to be morbidly obese and be uncomfortable and be and and not really be living your best life and and if you're struggling with with weight and you're struggling with these things believe me there's a way out all you got to do is you take the right steps you go little by little society is going to tell you that you don't need to you don't need to get healthy you don't need to feel better so this movie the whale right the whale which is a lot of people when they hear the word whale they think of of the whale that swallowed jonah which is really a great fish 
And I actually tweeted this out because The Whale, the movie, right now, um, Oscar-nominated Brendan Fraser, he scooped the prize for uh, Best Male Actor at the SAG Awards. This is a big deal. And right now, that movie is doing great. It's like $30 million, I guess, worldwide. $32 million global. Right now, it's, it's doing uh, amazing for such a low-budget film. So why is The Whale all over the news? Well, because the whale is symbolic of the kraken, the great beast. I wrote, I said, many think Jonah was swallowed by a whale, but it was actually a great fish. Jesus said his witnesses would be fishers of mankind, a picture of Christ being cast into the sea of humanity and swallowed by man's ego, waiting to be vomited out so that the truth of repentance and love and compassion and forgiveness could be preached to save mankind from the destruction that's upon them. This is the thing. This is the moment we're at where in about a, a, a couple of weeks time, we're going to be faced with something really, really huge, I believe. So this is kind of the moment where I see the whale everywhere. The whale, which is basically symbolic of what's again, that, that beast, that beast from the deep. Some call it the Kraken. It's a judgment sent upon mankind. Jonah is a picture of Christ, swallowed by that great beast, brought down into the depths of the sea, and uh, Jonah prayed out because he he was in the, uh, the 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 belly of hell. He prayed. He said, "Out of the depths of hell, I pray to thee," and he's finally released. And he preaches repentance, and people listen. They listen, you know. And destruction doesn't come. Are we going to listen? Especially after this show, it's going to get stranger because right now. There's a kiss taking place between Jupiter and Venus, but it's taking place smack dab in the middle of Pisces, otherwise known as Cetus. That's what Mary Busby sent me. Cetus. So I'm looking into the whale. I'm thinking of the Kraken. I'm thinking of this creature from the deep. And right now, this conjunction, it's taking place right now. It's taking place in the belly of the beast, the Kraken. Pisces, Cetus, their pictures going all over the Twitterverse right now of the, uh, the alignment of these planets and how beautiful it looks with the, uh, the moon. And of course, you could still see it tonight. If I get this video out tonight, it's Thursday right now as I'm taping this, but you could have seen it last night as well. But the fact that it's taken place in the belly of the beast, spooky. Why is it spooky? Because at the same time that's happening, Defeat the elite. You know him on Twitter. He's always emailing me. He DMs me uh, just video. He doesn't know what I'm working on. He doesn't know that I'm thinking about all this stuff. He just he's, he emails me this video of whales basically just destroying and eating 17 sharks, eating their livers. L livers. Think about that. That's where the bile is and everything else. These whales, this great beast that's now eating these sharks because that's the day we're entering into. We're entering into a time of great judgment. God is bringing the hammer down on those people that have done wrong in the world. And you're going to see as I continue to do this show, you're going to see all of these people that are going to be brought to justice and all the things that are going to happen. At the same time, it's going to be very, very, very disturbing for a lot of other people as well. Because a hammer is coming down. A great fish is coming down right now. Well, you don't believe me? Well, maybe you should have checked out that video right here that I shared on Twitter, where the guy is basically saying, we're going to up the ante on crimes in Florida. 
right? If you, if you, uh, you know, if you litter, it's a crime. But now if you litter and you litter with intent, they're going to call it a hate crime. I remind you that there is no, there's no First Amendment right to conduct. There's a First Amendment right to speech. And the things that we're targeting in the bill are not speech. Again, if someone wants to stand across the street from my house and wave a sign on the sidewalk, they have every right to do that. And this bill won't have anything to do with that. But when it veers into conduct, and so the way we're going to approach this is through a hate crime kicker. So if you project, if you graffiti a building, it is a crime now. But if your motivation is hate, it will be a third-degree felony. You will spend five years in prison. If you want to litter, it's a crime right now. But if you litter and it, your motivation is a hate crime, it will be a third-degree felony. You will spend five years in jail. It is a crime right now to hang banners from an interstate. For obvious reasons, we don't want to distract drivers. But if you do that and you have a hate crime, a hate motivation, it will be a third-degree felony. And then you're going to go to jail for like five years. They're up in the ante on everything. There's a reason, I told you this on the last couple of videos, there's a reason why all over the internet right now, you're seeing video after video of, of, of children beating up children, teenagers beating up teenagers, young students getting in the faces of teachers and hitting teachers and teachers, fighting this person and this person, fighting that person and that big six, I think he was six foot six, and he attacked the teacher for taking his, 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 uh, his like Nintendo play thing away, his toy away, and uh, this, there's a reason it's being force-fed to you. Because I said, and right now everybody's calling for it, soon everybody's going to be like, yeah, let's bring back corporal punishment. Because that's what everybody's calling for. Trump has said this. He said, look, we're going to do this. We're not going to let these kids act out anymore. It's going to be a good time. It's going to be a good time of correction, is what he's saying. He also wants to bring back the guillotine. He also wants to bring back, you know, squads where they're shooting everything. I just talked about this in my last video, the bear. The bear is everywhere. The bear comes down and mauls those that make fun of the prophet of God. God brings judgment on the land if they're not returning to God. So there's going to be a judgment that is going to come down. I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm saying it's going to be not such a great thing. And I'm saying that we need to get our house in order. And maybe if people listen to Jonah, the voice of Jonah today, and they see right now that Jonah's in the belly of the beast and now has been vomited out into the shore to tell everybody, repent, repent. You got to get your house in order because I'm telling you, destruction is coming. Destruction is coming. So as I'm in the hospital and I'm hanging out with Noah and I'm waiting for, uh, waiting for those release papers, which was like music to our ears, you know, they gave him the medicine to go home and everything else. And he just saw a specialist today and he's doing better. He's still in a lot of pain, but he's doing better. Thank you so much for all your prayers. This has been a really tough week, but he's, he's okay. We all knew he was going to be okay. You know, we, everybody goes through these times. The tonsils were kissing and he was suffering. You get what I'm saying? The planets are kissing at the same time. Interesting. By the way, Kiss is in the news too. That's right. They're doing their last tour. You know what it is? It's like goodbye to the end of the world type of a tour. This tour right here. It's like it's the end. It's the end for Kiss. The Judas Kiss. Ten months ago, I did a video about Jupiter and Venus kissing. Yeah, isn't that interesting? That's right. And I compared it to the Judas Kiss. The Judas kiss, which leads to what? The arrest and the persecution of Christ. And then he's then put to death. But then the resurrection happens. And then the, the world is changed. But could it be that perhaps, perhaps there's something else 
that's at work here and that I'm missing. Because at the same time, all of these things that I'm talking to you about, about the whales, one after the other, 23, you know that number 23, 23 dead whales just washed up on the shore. The NOAA declared unusual mortality events for both species. This has been going on for a while. There's a, they're saying the cause of death for many of these, because just even in New Jersey, 11th, the 11th whale was found dead. Many people are saying this has to do with all these wind farms and everything else. You know, I think uh, Greta was just arrested for her protesting of such type of wind farms, all connected. All these little dots, all these little pieces where you look like a photo sh photo event again. She's always being carried away and she always looks like she's like laughing, you know? They're always like carrying away and everybody's, you know, recording and she's kind of just sitting there because she's probably young. She probably thinks the whole thing's kind of goofy. But we have this picture of the whale, the beast, the kraken. By the way, speaking of the kraken, I don't know if you know James O'Keefe, you know, from Project Veritas. He's been out. He's been... He got the, the boot. Well, I said, because, you know, right after he was booted, I had already kind of questioned a couple of things. Not, I'm not calling his character into question at all. All right. I'm just saying that God has a way of showing us things. All right. The biggest thing that he ever did was this thing with the company that makes the wackadoo, right? And the executive. And he has all these pictures. Well, you know, James shares this picture on social media talking about how he's left and everything else. And it's a picture of him and this executive. But behind them is uh, is this, right there. And you know what that is? That's a picture of Mary and Jesus. And they have their, their chests open and they're pointing to their hearts. Don't you find that strange, right? You have the picture. And th those, by the way, that would be considered an idol. Um, if you have an idea and you think that God looks like a man or a woman, that's idolatry. Because God is not a man or a woman, he's a spirit. God is a spirit. And those that worship God must worship him in truth, in spirit. You can't be thinking it looks like some, you know, picture, just like, like, like Madonna on her albums and everything else. It's, that's not the case. But it's strange that you have this one company that's connected to all of these heart issues, and you got Jesus and Mary. But you know what's stranger? The stranger part is, there was that funny meme that went around with that executive, and he looks all shocked, and he's on the phone like this right? But above his head is, guess what? The kraken, the octopus, the sea creature, the squid, right there. Interesting. The squid, the, the kraken. Guess who tweets out something interesting? Squidward, Elon Musk. And of course, I make a joke about it. I say, he tweets out, Squidward's on the throne, on the bath, the, the, uh, the toilet, right there in this picture. And I say, of course, the kraken's on the throne. And he's looking at pine salt but it's written in Portuguese, which means is something going to happen in like Portugal or Brazil, I say is a joke. Because of course, every time he puts out a, just a bizarre meme down the road, we find out it's going to happen. Something comes of it. Just like about a year ago, exactly, he tweeted out something wicked this way comes. And I do a whole video about it. This video right here. Guess what you see there? The Kraken. You see an octopus there. Something wicked this way comes. Almost a year exactly to what's coming up in March. Hmm. You got the whale, which the whale and the squid, all of these things, they're all symbolic of this beast that swallow Jonah, this beast that you find in Job and other passages in scripture, this beast, this monster from the deep, this beast that rises from the sea, happening now. 
happening now, people. How do I know? Well, scientists in Australia think that a sea monster from 13th century Norse manuscripts was actually an accurate depiction of whales trapping their food. You know, like this, right? That's the sea creature. The sea creature, by the way, whose historians thought was the kraken-like mythological monster is actually a whale. A whale in the news right now, published yesterday. Very strange, Jonah. So I, of course, I'm in the hospital and I think to myself, I bet you Jonah's in the news. And what do I do? Check this out. This is gonna blow your mind. You're gonna get the goosebumps. I'm getting the goosebumps right now. It seems silly, but you pull at those strings and you start to find so much more. You follow those crumbs and next thing you know, you got a big, nice matzo loaf and you're, I'm not a big fan of matzo, but it's something spiritual, right? So I, I, I look and I type in Jonah and guess who's there? Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill. They're like, can you recognize Jonah? Can you recognize him with the beard? He looks like he's lost a lot of weight. Can you recognize Jonah today? That's symbolic and interesting. But what's more interesting, Jonah's involved in a kissing scandal. That's right. <laughs> it's a fake. He, in his, um, he did some Netflix romance rom-com. I saw part of it. It was pretty good. And a lot of people are criticizing him and the girl that he was, you know, in love with, and they didn't really have great chemistry. I thought the movie was cute. Thought Eddie Murphy was great, as always. But what I think is interesting is the fact that their, their kiss, they never kissed in the movie. It was CGI. So they faked, Hollywood faked the kiss of Jonah and the bride. Faked the kiss of Jonah and the bride. Jonah's a picture of Christ. Jonah's a picture right now. Jupiter kissing Venus right now. Very strange. Very strange. Jonah in the news. Very strange. The great kraken in the news. Very strange. The whale in the news. The whale. The kraken. Very strange. Squidward on the throne. Very strange. Squid Games in the news. Lead actor for Squid Games. People are saying that he evaded taxes in the news. Netflix is doing the next season, season of their reality show, Squid Games. Guess what the problem is? They said that it's rigged and cruel. That's interesting, all that squid stuff. You know, so I asked Noah, I'm in the hospital, I'm trying to get him involved, and I say, hey, what do you think Elon's, what do you think Elon's t tweet means? He goes, I don't know, go into the comment section. I go into the comment section, and what do I find? Squid grow. Hashtag squid grow. And you know what I think? I think there's a kraken-like sea creature judgment that may be growing. You know, if, you know what I mean? Growing somewhere in the world. <laughs> maybe inside people. I don't know, spiritually or maybe physically. So I see hashtag squid grow and I'm like, I gotta find out what this is. Because the kraken's on the throne. Someone types in hashtag squid grow. It's a crypto. And, and the video that they have of this guy, the video, this video right here, very freaky. He's got this like bedazzled owl ring on his hand. Strange. Hashtag squid grow. Kraken. All of this stuff happening right now in the news. Jonah, the kiss being faked. The kiss up at my, my son's tonsils. Kissing, right? So I type in kiss. And what do I find? Right? Their, their last tour. The 
kiss, I think, of course, of Judas. And it turns out, guess who's in the news, too? Judas Priest. Judas Priest in the news. Rob Halford confirms Andy Sneap will continue to play guitar for Judas P Priest because, of course, the fans love him. You know, he's connected to Ozzy and all that. I don't know. I'm not into any of that music. But with all of that stuff, it gets me thinking. Gets me thinking. Because you know what's coming up is Purim. You know what Purim is? I'm, you know what I'm going to do? Is hopefully at the end of the show, I'm, I'm going to, I think I'm going to share my, part of my video that I did, you know, two years ago, almost to the day about Purim. And if you look at the thumbnail, you'll see there's the Trumpster, right? And he's pointing to, he's pointing to an eclipse that's happening in March. And it says after Purim, right? And it's, it's actually about a judgment that's going to come. It's about this is when I said in the video, uh, because we were talking about Purim in the video, I said that there's this character named Hammond. Hammond's the bad guy. And I compared him to Biden. I did. I did. And the, the plans that, that, that the enemy Hammond had for Israel, he turns on him. And I'm thinking it's going to happen. I'm thinking it's going to happen in March. I'm thinking it's going to happen because Purim's actually coming up. Purim's a great celebration. It's a really important holiday. That's why, you know, I'm going to do, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to share the video. So keep watching. But it's the fact that it's happening right now. The fact that that video, if you look at it, it's like, it's almost like two years ago, I was kind of like saying, I was calling it in the future, like when it's going to happen, because you know, I've been saying the Trumpster's coming back. You know that I've been saying all of this is either a big setup and it's not good. And he's that beast that's going to come back because I've compared him to Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar becomes a beast for a while. Maybe this is the thing that's supposed to happen. Maybe this is the judgment that's about to come down on man. Maybe all of his stuff's about to go down. Maybe you got the bear named Russia coming together with another bear who used to be a president. Who knows? Maybe there's going to be some big switch up, some big change of Rooney that's about to happen. I said, if they be corrupt, they'll be revealed. And now we know a lot of this stuff has been leaked and people are going to be held accountable. There's already countries saying no more on the wackadoo. So a year ago, if uh, Elon's tweeting out something wicked this way comes, and then I do a whole video of it with the Kraken. And, uh, and of course, in that video, by the way, there was a vampire squid, a creature, a Kraken, that they named after uh, Biden. He was discovered back then a year ago, a year ago in March. That video that I did, I, I did uh, last year on March 16th, something wicked this way comes. Biden is, Biden's named after a vampire squid. <sighs> Interesting. This was a 10-armed octopus named after Biden. Weird. And recently, right? Because of course in that 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 um that tweet it comes from Macbeth. Something wicked this way comes by the pricking of my thumb. The witches were the ones that told this to Macbeth. Recently, Elon tweets out, "Why can't the witches solve inflation?" Is he saying they're like the witches? I don't know. Is I don't know what he's saying, but I do know that I think it's all connected. I think it's all connected. And I think that two years ago on the 15th, when I did that video with, you know, Trump and pointing to the, to them, I think that this is going to happen. I think that in, in March, I'm speculating here because I don't really know, but I'm telling you, I think something huge is about to burst. And, uh, and I think that it's going to happen 
like I said in that, uh, that thumbnail video, like right after perm. I hope it's not the W, the A, and the R. I hope it's not that, but I do feel like something is going to be devastating unless, of course, people get their act together and they repent. Because that's what happened in Jonah's day. Jonah was vomited out of the, uh, he suffered in the belly of that beast. He was vomited out of the shore. It's almost like the beast is going to basically come hell or high water. God is going to make sure that Christ is manifested in the earth. So are we going to repent? And are, are we going to repent so that we don't have to worry about the coming days? Or are the coming days going to force us to repent so that the, uh, the agony and the misery can stop? We are in what I said is Jacob's time of trouble. And it's going to get worse. But for those that are doing good, for those that are being kind, for those that are following after the truth, no matter what the cost, you're going to be okay. Hang in there. Hang in there. Because God's got a plan. Purim, by the way, is a perfect, beautiful example of how it looks like all hope is lost, but in the last moment, the king acts. Why? Because the king, that would be a picture of God, loves his bride, even though his bride had pretended to be somebody she wasn't. So, hey, enjoy this. Um, learn about Purim. Learn about Perm. This was one of my favorite videos. It's a big video. A lot of you are here today because of this video. And I think that it's really significant. So at least you'll learn the story. And then at the end, check out my novel. If you want to get yourself some merchandise, it's in the description of the video. Everything's in the description of the video. And um, please do hit the like button. Please do share this video around. Tell people about the channel. It, it means so much. It's really helpful. And thank you to those that support me on Patreon and PayPal and everything. I can't, I can't tell you how, just what, what a blessing it was. What a blessing it was to see that, you know, after not being able to work because I was in a hospital for so long, to do that video, which is doing very well, but then to see it demonetized and to think, oh, and then to see, you know, your revenue, the ad revenue. I don't take sponsors and everything else. Not yet. I think I should soon. I don't put things behind a paywall. You know, I, I, I'm not trying to do this as a business, so I need your help. I need your support. So let the advertisers pay me, right? So if you can, share it around. Make sure you're liked. Make sure that you hit subscribe. Make sure that you check the bell for notifications. Subscribe to my website, jacobisrael.com. That's the best way to, to keep in touch with me. Hook up with me on Twitter. That's where I post the most, at jacobisrael71. And I'll see you soon. Enjoy this video. And here's a holy kiss for you. my friends Jacob is here once again thank you for pressing play for spending some quality time with me this is going to really make a lot of people just it's gonna encourage a lot of people it's gonna probably freak out a lot of people this is so strange and so wonderful and so eye-opening that it's taken me you know days to process this the day that we're in the day that we're in was spoken about many, 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 many years ago, thousands of years ago, long time ago, and spoken of in a book that is known as the Megillah. For a lot of people, let's, you know, study the Jewish faith or the Hebrew faith. It's the Megillah. It's a, the scroll. It's the book of Esther. It has a lot to do with the holiday that is coming up called Purim. But what is truly amazing about this 
incredible journey that we're about to go on is the fact that this story may literally be playing out now. And that tells us what's going to happen next. So I hope you're buckled up. How you doing? Okay, welcome to the show. For those of you that are new, do me a favor. Hit the subscribe button. You'll be happy that you did. This is very important. Hitting that like button and leaving a comment, you know, telling people about the channel. It's super important, especially today. Today, people need God. They do. And they need to know, especially, what God is saying. And God is speaking very clearly today. I don't know if you've been on the channel for a long time, you know that we've watched all of these biblical stories playing out again and again and again, and almost in order, the book of Revelations as well as the Old Testament. Now, I've spoken about the book of Esther, and I'm going to give you a much deeper meaning of what this story is about and how it's directly related to all of you and how it's connected to today's events. You can stick around for the rest of the show for that one. Because that's, that's, that's going to be mind-blowing. But the spiritual significance to the book of Esther is, is so, so incredibly important. Especially since Purim, which is the holiday that is celebrated all over Israel. You've probably seen pictures of people dressing up. Some people call it the, uh, the Jewish Halloween, which really minimizes it and uh, trivializes it. Because Purim, um, which is a loose translation of the word Lot or casting of lots. It's kind of like, you know, you don't know what to do. Sometimes I, I, I flip through the Bible. I want to figure out, hey, what, what do I need to know? And I just flip through, right? Well, they cast lots. That was kind of like, well, what day should we do this on? Let's cast lots. And the day that they came up with basically loosely translates to like March 7th, I guess. This year, Purim is... anticipation for the days ahead because when I reveal all the intricacies of this story to you and I tie it into today's events I think it's going to be pretty clear that the people that have been serving God for a while this is your moment and it's coming it's coming right now I know it looks dark and it looks bleak and it looks scary it looks like, you know, just the whole world has been turned over to evil. Nothing makes sense anymore. Everything's backwards. But the story of Esther is going to set that straight. So let me get into the story for you. Let me, let me, um, let me tell you about this amazing, remarkable story that's find, found in the Old Testament, if you don't know it. There is this great king. His name is King Azuerish. Uh, some people say that this king, Azuerish, was also uh, Xerxes, if you... Uh, if you saw the 300 series, you know, with the uh, the 300, you know, Sparta, where he kicks the guy into the well. And then there they have the 300 men that fight the, you know, Xerxes. There's a picture of Xerxes right there, the king, the king of Persia. At the time, you had just three kings. You had Nebuchadnezzar, right? You had, uh, and you had, uh, you had Xerxes or you had Azuerish. 
we're going to deal with Azuerish. The story starts off and he's psyched, right? He's in charge of now like 127 provinces. He's, he's very powerful. And he throws this party. Throws a huge party, right? Because he's so awesome. He's so powerful. And it lasts for like six months. Huge party. Big banquet. And as he's throwing this party, now this guy's married, right? He's a king. Vashti, Queen Vashti. At the same time, she throws like a little, like she just for the ladies, she throws a little party too. But everybody's drinking. The idea was you could drink as much wine as you want. Now this is all spiritually significant because every story in uh, the scriptures, it, it has a literal representation and it has a prophetic representation, which means you know, where it plays out in our daily lives and possibly in the days to come. But it also has a spiritual representation, which means what it means to us spiritually speaking, because that's the, 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 the spirit of the story is what gives life, according to scripture, not the letter, the literal story. But I think the Apostle Paul said it, it kills. It kills the spiritual significance of it. If you spend your time worrying about whether there was a literal boy who cried wolf in a literal wolf in a literal town, and if you, you focus your energy on that, and you don't focus your energy on the spirit of the story, what the wolf represents, what the boy represents, and what exaggerating means, you, you lose, the, uh, you die, spiritually speaking. You don't learn anything, you don't grow, you don't enter into that wisdom, which is, as the scriptures say, a tree of life. Now this is important to note because the book of Esther is one of two books in the scriptures that doesn't mention God. Strange, right? Doesn't mention God at all. But the story is so significant that today, when they celebrate Purim, which is what's coming up, it's a holiday. As I said, it's a holiday of just great, it's just, it's, it's awesome. Partying, you know, feasts, you drink, you have a good time, you celebrate, because that was the day that God delivered the Jews, that delivered the Hebrews from the enemies of the Jews. Haman and his, his group of individuals, which, believe it or not, sort of ties into today. We're going to get into that in a second. So King Azuerish throws this great spectacle, this great party. And along the way, they start talking about who the most beautiful woman is, the story goes. And he's like, my queen is Vashti's the, she's the best looking. And then he says, bring Queen Vashti so everybody can check her out. Everybody can see how my queen is the best looking, the most beautiful, the most awesome queen there is. You know what Vashti does? Vashti's, just, Vashti's like, ah, ah, you know, you don't boss me around. I'm the queen. I'm not coming to you. Yeah, I'm going to stay where I am. I'm having a good time with the ladies. Forget it. Tells the messengers, forget it. I'm not coming. So it's a big disappointment, right? And it's uh, the, the, the king, Azuerus or Xerxes, whoever he is, whichever name you want to go by. He, he's got egg on his face now. He looks, he looks like his queen just totally disrespected him. So there is a, a big to-do about this because everybody's like, you know, Whispering off to the side, did you see what just happened, right? Now, this is a problem, right? Because the uh, the elders, the people that are close to Xerxes or Azuerish, the, the close to the king, they're like, this is going to be a problem. You know, this is going to be a problem because it's not just you. Now, they see the queen do this to the king. All the women everywhere are going to do this to their husbands. <laughs> they're going to be like, I don't want to come to your party. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. If the queen can disrespect the king, this you've just ruined it for everybody, king. So the king's like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? So they uh, they tell they tell him, they go, this is what you got to do. You got to banish her. You got to get rid of her. You got to say, forget it. 
She doesn't want to show up. She doesn't want to show up to the banquet. Forget her. Cast her off. She's no good to you. We'll find you another one. So the king listens to everybody and he's like, you know what? Heck with Vashti, right? Now I want to tell you what the spiritual meaning of all this is. The king in scripture is always symbolic of the king of kings, which would be which would be God, which would be Christ, okay? So you have this picture of Christ, okay? And then you have the queen, which would be the bride. See, now we're in scripture, we're called the bride of Christ. It's a relationship. The spirit of God would be the male and the uh, the female would be the soul of man or, or uh, it would be us. We're the bride of Christ. We become one with the father, okay? In, a, in union. So, the Lord takes his throne. He's like, okay, I'm in charge. He calls his queen in and his queen doesn't show up. It's sort of like today, sort of like today. Today's the big day, right? Here we are a couple of years after that great sign, the 2017 sign, the Revelation 12 sign. Here we are a couple of days later, right around the time when people should be waking up, coming to the knowledge of the truth. They should be presenting themselves to the great king for the, for the banquet that awaits, the spiritual banquet that awaits us all, the kingdom of God that God is calling. And Vashti's like, nah, that's all right. I'm not going to come. I'm not going to come. It's a, sim it's a symbol of carnal religion. It's a symbol of, of politics. It's like, I'm going to do it. I don't need you. I'm going to do it my way. But the king's like, uh-uh, I'm going to cut you off. I'm going to get somebody else. And that's just newsflash, by the way. That's all of us. That's all a, a lot of you that are watching. We, we've now been called to this banquet. We've now been called to the king to become the bride of Christ, if you will. So Ajuerus, he's like, he's like, you know, I need, I need a queen. What am I going to do? And he, of course, listens to his, the, the people, his right hand men. And they say, you should have a beauty contest. You should have a beauty contest, right? We'll get the most beautiful, you get the most beautiful, and then you choose. And so the, the way it worked was, you know, people everywhere would be sending in their ladies. they become part of the harem, and then for about 12 months, they'd be going through, you know, lessons, how to be queenly, you know, how to be uh, dressed up nice, and they get the perfumes, and they probably worked out, and they probably, they're, they're, they're being refined so that they can be ready to be in the presence of the king, sort of like what we're going through now. We're being refined. We're going through the testing so that when we're finally called in to the king's chamber, we're ready. We're ready to go. So now one of the people that get in here is a, uh, is a young Jewish girl. Her name's Esther. Now, why is this important? Okay, so the Jews had already been carried off. Remember we just did a show with uh, Nebuchadnezzar about the uh, where I did this plea, hoping that, you know, that the president would hear what I was saying and would repent and would really just come to the Lord so that the Lord would perhaps restore things because that's what we want. We want our leaders to be godly, right? So Nebuchadnezzar was a great picture of that. Well, they were carried off into, um, you know, they were carried off because of this, because, you know, that's what happens when they conquer. So you have this one guy, you have Mordecai, and it's kind of like, some people say it's Mordecai's sort of like Esther's uncle, okay? He adopted her. He adopted her. He's basically taking, he's his, his, his ward, right? She, she, he has to take care of her. And he says, you should, because you're so good looking, you should go in there. And she does, right? And she's, uh, she's accepted. Here's the thing, right? This is, uh, this is a big deal. So now Mordecai, he's worried about his girl. So he's, she's checking in her, checking in on her and seeing how things are going. 
He's he's always at the gate. He's always at the gate. He's saying, "Hey, how's my uh, how's my niece doing? How's my little girl doing? Is she doing okay in there?" He's asking. Mordecai was known to be a very very devout Jew. He was he was known to be a very very devout rabbi, if you will. He was almost a prophet. They consider him to be a prophet in Scripture. So Esther's in her training. She's you know she's getting ready to be presented to the king and everything else, and she um you know Mordecai told her though, just listen. You know what? They don't like the Jews. They don't like us. They're not big fans of us, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't be telling anybody that you're Jewish. I wouldn't say anything. I wouldn't say that you're part of, you know, of, of the tribe. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that you, uh, just keep it to yourself. Just keep it on the down low, right? So she listens to him. She doesn't say anything. She doesn't say anything. And, and when she's finally brought to the king, when she's finally brought in to, to the king, to see the king, you know what? And this pleased the king big time. I shared something about this on Twitter. This. Because here you have a picture of God, right? Asking for his bride. Where's my bride? You know, you got the virus of the crown in the land. You got a lot of bad stuff going on in the land. It's like now you're supposed to come out of the ark. You're right. Now's the day. It's a new heaven. It's a new earth. Now, where's my bride? And Vashti's like, I'm too busy. I'm too busy. I don't want to come. I don't want to come. So he's like, find me another. Find me another and prepare him and get him ready. So here's little Esther. And then Esther comes in, right? And Esther was smart. She listened to the eunuchs who were in charge of getting her ready. And when she was brought in, it was kind of like customary. So the king would say, what do you want? Right? You're in the running to be my queen. What do you want? Anything you want, I'll give it to you. Up to the half of my kingdom, something like that. What do you want? You know what Esther says? So beautiful. This is what I shared. I want what you want from me. I want your will for me. What do you want to give me? That's what I want. I want your will, Lord. That's what she says, just like Jesus said. Not my will, Lord, but yours. She didn't come saying, I want a new car. I want a new this. I want a new job. I want to, I want to have a, a viral video where I get millions of subscribers. She didn't want any of that. She's like, I just want to do your will. And guess what that did? That pleased the king big time. He was like, put the crown on her head. That's the one. That's the one who's going to be my queen. Put the crown on her head. Forget Vashti. She's done. Esther's my new queen. Esther's my new queen. All because she just wanted to do what the king wanted her to do. It's kind of like when you're faced with a, an overwhelming amount of stress in your life and you just don't know what to do, you know, and you set your prayer. It's like, instead of saying, will you take it away? Will you please? Will you make mix it? It's more like, what do you want from me to learn? What should I learn from this? What do you want from me, Lord? What am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to be better? It's, that's what pleases God. Because God has, he gives us the desires of, you know, your heart. He gives you the desires of your heart. So he's placed it within you already for a reason. But, you know, you, if, if it's for selfish gain, it's, it's not going to go anywhere. But if you seek the truth and you seek the kingdom of God and you seek just to do God's will in your life, now's the day when you are gonna be crowned. That doesn't mean that everything's gonna be easy, right? Because at this point in time now, you know, she, she hasn't seen the king for a while, right? It was great when she went in there and everything was great, but he hasn't called on her like a month. Now, in the meantime, something else goes down. You got this new guy in the ranks. His name's Hammond. Haman, yeah, Haman. Sounds a lot like human. 
Actually, the, 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 the word for Haman, I believe the Hebrew word for Haman, it's, it's also found in the story of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. It was when they went to go eat of that tree of knowledge of good and evil, Haman is connected to the action of eating of that tree of, of good and bad. Ironic, right? So you have a symbol of carnality in just the name, Haman. Haman was exalted. Haman was placed in charge of everything. Haman was like a, a descendant of Amalek, which, by the way, they hated the Jews. They, they, they were like terrible. They hated them. They wanted them wiped out. They, didn't, they were never friendly with them. So when Haman came in, right, and he was exalted up, a picture of the carnal man being put in charge of the system, and charred everything. Oh, I'm so great. Look at me. I'm Haman. So much so that, that everywhere he went, he wanted everybody to bow down to him. Everybody to do exactly what Haman said he should. You do this, you do that or else. Because I'm Haman. The king's guy. Mordecai. Mordecai, which by the way, the name has to do with, uh, it has to do with the sweet savor. It's a, uh, picture of incense. It's a picture of, of total sacrifice to God and the things of God. Mordecai was like, nah, I'm not, I'm not bowing down to you. I'm not going to do what you say. I'm going to serve the living God and I'm not going to serve you. Now, Haman had a big problem with this. Okay, while everybody else is bowing down every time he comes through, when Haman's at the gate waiting to see, check on Esther, you know, Haman walks by and he just stands there like this. I'm sure that's exactly the way he looked. But he stood there. He was, I'm not going to bow down to you, right? Mordecai serves the living God. He knows just what Esther knows. Your will, Lord, not mine. He didn't like that guy. He didn't like the Jews at all, in fact. Didn't like him at all. Big, big, big problem with the Jews. And it was such a problem that, you know, he just wanted, he wanted them all dead. Yeah, so that's what he kind of sets out to do. He sets out to kill everyone that is like Mordecai. It wasn't good enough for Haman to just take Mordecai out. No, 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 we had to take out his people too. I want all of them done too. So Haman, who has the ear of the king, king's got bigger things going on right now in his life, right? He's, right, he's, got, a, he's got like all these provinces. He's got, a, he's got a rule over all this stuff. So Haman's like, there are these people. They, they, they don't serve the, the gods that uh, other people serve. They don't, they, don't, they don't have the same ways as we do. And I got to tell you something, they're going to be a problem. They're going to rise up against you. They don't believe in serving you. And uh, Haman was making up some lies. Haman was like, you know what? They're a problem. They're like, uh, you know, they're going to come after you. They're not the kind of guys that you want. They're really bad. They're like those people that we hear about in, in the newspapers now, right? Domestically, 
they could probably terrorize you. You see what I'm doing here? How I'm tying everything in? They're a problem. We got to get rid of them. Goes to the king. King's like, here you go. He takes off his signet ring. Go do what you got to do. Go do what you got to do, Haman. Right? Go do what you got to do. Right? Because he's, you know, it's, he trusted Haman just like we trust our egos. We listen to, we think that we know best, right? But the ego is not serving the things of God. And that's a problem. So I want to put this in terms that you can understand, okay? So Haman would be like a world leader. Like we could say like Joseph Biden, right? And uh, he's got a problem with a, a certain group of individuals, him and, you know, so they set out to just, they just, just want to destroy him, you know? You, you can't have business, you can't do this, you can't be on this platform, you can't be on that platform, you got to silence them. They, you know, we just got to get rid of them. We just got to get rid of them. They got to be done, right? But see, Haman doesn't know that one of their own is married to the king, like is the apple of the king's eye, Esther. Esther's a Jew, right? Nobody knew this, except for Mordecai. Mordecai, who, by the way, when he caught wind of all of his stuff, right? He's like, he sends word to his, his niece, not really his niece, but his ward, the one that he raised, the one that he took care of. And he said, look, you got to tell the king. You got to tell the king about this. You got to do something about this because your people are, are, are they're, they're hurting right now. Your people are in trouble right now. They're coming after all of us. And you can't hide. Just, you can't just hide. You can't keep your mouth shut when this stuff is going down. Like you gotta say something, Jacob, right? Because that would be basically our story too. You gotta speak up. You gotta tell people. You gotta tell people to seek the king. Go to the king. Go to God. Say, Lord, what is your will? What do you want me to do? And doing this show was God's will for me because I didn't really, I wasn't really thinking about this. I mean, I, I had an off, I did a show a couple of years ago with um, Jared Kushner and Ivanka. They actually made hamantashen cookies, which is uh, it's a very it's a it's a treat. It's a great dessert, and uh, we're gonna get into what it means in a moment. But they brought it out to the press. It was kind of like a peace offering, which was ironic because I talked about how the symbolism of it, you know, the press was basically their enemy at the time. The enemy, the enemy of the administration. They were the enemy. And so here they're serving Hamantashen, Haman's ears, actually. But we'll get to that in a moment. But I had briefly thought about that video that I did a couple of years ago, which, by the way, took place, the Purim on that year took place on a worm moon, which was interesting because I tied that into my own life. I tied that into the story of Jacob where he felt like a worm, right? But after two days, on the third day, this is a good thing. So here we are uh, in the third year, this is a good thing. No longer a worm, right? No longer a worm, it's time to rise. So I had been thinking about that out of the blue and then my buddy Ernie calls me up and he's like, you know, I was looking at the, uh, I was just reading in the Bible and Queen Vashti came, and you know Queen Vashti? And I'm like, yeah, I think I do. And for some reason, it was escaping me. And so as I'm on the phone with Ernie, I'm looking things up, and then I see Vashti, and I go, oh. I said, oh my goodness, I was just thinking about Purim. And I said, oh, 
I got to find out what Purim is because I had forgotten that, you know, March 7th is usually the, uh, the date around there at least. And I look it up and I'm like, it's coming up. And then I read it more and I'm like, oh my goodness, this is what's happening today. And the end of the story, which I'm going to get to in a second, is what's going to come for all of us. And that's exciting, big time exciting. press secretary likes to say I'm gonna circle back so let me circle back let me circle back to Mordecai for a second now Mordecai didn't go to the uh, big parties or anything else he actually was there one day when two of the eunuchs that were supposed to stand guard outside of the king's bedroom where they were so angry at the king they're like they were plotting to kill him Mordecai overheard it and sent the message to Esther said look you know you got to do something about this the king's gonna get toast and saved saved his life. They 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 researched. It turned out Mordecai, you know, saved the king's life. Now the king probably didn't know anything about it, but it went into the book of records, right? Because anything that has to do with the royals, you know, the lineage, it goes into the book of records. Everything's written down. So any royal family member that maybe did something, it would be in a book somewhere. Okay, so we could easily find out if they did some bad stuff. But this was the same for um, King Ashwarish was, you know, he, he, Mordecai was probably the reason why he was alive. So let's get back to, I, I had to, I had to circle back and remind you of that because that happened a little, a little bit prior to Haman finally saying, let's wipe out all the Jews. Hmm. So he gets the okay and it's a big deal, right? It's a big deal. Esther gets the news from Mordecai. You better talk to the king. You better try to get the king on my side. You know, you better get the king to see that, you know, that we, we uh, that, you know, can't really hide, can't hide anymore, Esther, because they're going to come for you next, right? You can't keep your mouth shut because they're going to come for you next. So you got to do something now while you have a chance. So Esther sends back word and says, look, I can't. He hasn't called me for um, a month. See, there was a deal. You can't just approach the king. You can't just go to the king, you know, unannounced. Like if the king doesn't call you, you can't just go into the throne room and just make your demands, he'll kill you. You're dead. That's like a, a law. The only way to get around it is if he, he puts out his scepter, his golden scepter, and uh, and then you come over and you touch it. So he allows it. So Esther like, says to Mordecai, I can't do that. And then Mordecai's like, you, you, you should do it. And <laughs> just stop being such a baby, all right? <laughs> it's okay. You can save a lot of people, but you can't save yourself. So you might as well do it. So Esther goes to the king, right? Goes into the king. And I uh, was all nervous. And the king puts out the scepter because he liked Esther. It was his favorite. It's the only queen that probably said, whatever you want for me, Lord. That's, I mean, that's, that's a good bride. 
right? Especially if the king is the supreme one that is in charge of everything. So that you understand that no matter what happens in your life, that God is in charge of it. And that you're okay with it, whatever your will for me, even though it's not pleasant at the time. I know, Lord, that your will is better than my will because it's going to lead to a wonderful, beautiful banquet. Celebration. An infinite celebration of unity and truth and love and peace and joy and power and the Holy Spirit. So she comes in and the king says... Make your request known to me, Esther. What is it that you want from the king? I'll give you anything up to half my kingdom. And Esther's like, okay, this is what I want. If you really want to give this to me, that's great. Let me prepare, because I'm so grateful, let me prepare a big feast for you. For you alone. And bring your number one guy, Hammond. Bring your number one guy. I want him to come too. The king's like, okay. So he says, summon Hammond. Hammond's all excited. It's like, the queen's inviting me to a banquet? Hammond's already, the, you know, I'm in charge. I can do this. I can do that. I just write with a swoop of my pen. I gotta, I could just, I could just order everything because the king has given me permission to do whatever I want, including torment people or ruin people that perhaps see things a bit differently than me. Sound familiar? So Hammond's all fired up, right? He goes to the banquet. He's psyched. And uh, Esther comes in and the king's like, okay, what is it? And then Esther says, do me a favor. If it pleases the king, let me prepare another feast for you tomorrow. Let me do another one for you. And then I will tell you, I will make my request known. So the king's like, okay. And of course, Haman's going to come too. Just the two of you, right? I want to take care of both of you, right? Esther's got a plan. She's got a plan. She invites both the king and the enemy of her people to the second feast as well. Now Haman walks out, and Haman's so super excited. He's like, yes, it's the best. I'm awesome. The queen pulled me in. The king's got me. I'm so powerful. And as he's leaving, there's Mordecai. He doesn't bow like the rest of them. And he's like, oh, you just took the wind out of my sails, Mordecai, you son of a gun. Oh. I'm going to wipe all of you out. I can't even stand the sight of you. He goes home and he talks to his family. And he's got like 10 sons. He's got a big family. He tells his wife and he tells everybody. He's like, look at how great I am. But you know what? The queen even invited me to a banquet. But it means nothing if I got this, this guy, this Mordecai, this, he mocks me. It's like, it means nothing as long as he's alive. And they're like, this is what you should do. You should hang him. You should kill him. Build a gallows, have a gallows made, have them put to death on the gallows, and then go to the banquet. And he's like, Haman's like, yeah, that's a great idea, right? Carnal man, human, Haman, beast system, wants to put an end to the truth of God, to morality, to peace, to joy, to prosperity, right? <sighs> because it's greed, it's lasciviousness, it's lust, it's... <sighs> Hammond's not a good dude. Not a good dude. So Hammond orders the uh, the gallows to be made. And um, see, the problem is that night, the king has a little problem falling asleep. He's, he's like, you know what? Bring me the book of records. It's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like going through a photo album. You want to go through a photo album. It's like, oh, I want to know all the exploits of my kingdom. And I want to hear everything about me. <laughs> Maybe it'll put me to sleep. So he brings the book of records and he, he learns about Mordecai. 
He's like, this guy saved my life? How come nobody told me about this? He says. He's like, did we honor him? Did we do something nice for him? Everybody's like, no, no, King, we didn't, you know, he didn't ask for anything. He, you know, he didn't, we just put it in a book. He's like, I'm alive because of this guy and we did nothing. Okay, Hammond's called in and, uh, and the King sits back. He's like, what should I do for a person that has honored me and I want to honor them in the highest way? What should I do? Now, Haman's so cocky, so arrogant, such an egotist. He thinks it's all about him. He thinks the king's asking him. Haman, what a meathead, right? What a meatball. So Haman's like, this is what you should do, king. You should get your royal robe and you, you, you put it on him. Get one of your horses, one of your, your great steeds and have him ride it with the signet on it. And then you should have people shout, this is the man that the king honors. This is the man that the king honors and parade him through your kingdom. That's what you should do, king. Yeah. Hammond's thinking it's all about him. So the king says, good. Go do this to Mordecai. This is where it gets interesting, folks. You see, right now, a lot of people think that, uh, it's not looking too good for them. You see, right now, a lot of people are thinking, Uranus is a planet, by the way. You can get a mug in the description. A lot of people are thinking that it's not looking good. What are we gonna do? What are we gonna do, right? And yet, even though the system was against Esther's people, even though the one guy that hated the other guy so much that he wanted him to be hung on a gallows, the king made him put on a royal rope, put him on a steed, and drag him through the town, Haman himself having to say, this is the one who the king honors. This is the guy that the king wants to honor and reward. Could you imagine? how that must have felt the person you hate the most for no reason just because they wouldn't he wouldn't bend his knee to carnal will he wouldn't do it you know he didn't want to do it it's kind of like you know people today right some people they don't want to do the certain things that they have to do i say as long as it doesn't hurt another person you should do things because you should always seek to have unity and peace and joy. And you should just trust in God that things are gonna, they're gonna be revealed and, and uh, the truth is gonna be known. And God, even though you may be persecuted right now, is gonna reward you openly by your enemy. That's one of the Psalms, one of the beautiful Psalms. He prepares before me in the presence of my enemies a table, right? People that wanna see you do bad, people that wanna see you hurt, all of a sudden, you're promoted. All of a sudden, they got to throw you a party at work. People that hate you the most because their boss is like, you got you to gotta honor this guy. King says, you got to honor Mordecai. Hammond, who wants Mordecai dead, who has a gallows built for him, has to parade him through the town. And he does. And when all that's said and done, guess what happens? He's even more excited to put the Jews to death now. Right? He wants he wants them done. He wants them toast. And then he comes to the banquet. Comes to the second banquet. And Esther tells the truth. All right, king, you want to know? Well, 
You love me? You say you want to give me everything? Well, I just want my life. Will you please spare my life? The king's like, what are you talking about? There is someone that wants me and my people dead. Wants me put to death. Wants to destroy us. For what reason? And the king is like, this cannot be so. Who is it? Haman. Evil Haman, the enemy of the Jews. Now, what's ironic about all this, this is where you get the name Purim from, right? These people were so careless. They're like, what are we going to do? What are we going to kill the Jews? They cast lots. You're like, let's just throw it down. Let's just pick a date. Let's throw a dart. Let's throw a dart at the dartboard, a calendar, and whatever it lands on, that's when we'll kill them. And it turned out to be March 7th. It was casting lots. Everything's about what they call coincidence or chance, but nothing, everything works together for the good of those that love the Lord. Everything works together perfectly. Esther was where she needed to be. Mordecai was where he needed to be to overhear the plot. Haman was where he needed to be. Everybody fell into place exactly so that the king's ruling would be fulfilled in the land and that the children of the kingdom, the chosen of God, the people of the kingdom of God would be spared. So the king was so angry and he said, what? Who would want you dead? Him? That's it. And this, the king storms out of the room and he's angry and he's like thinking, what am I going to do? This is my most trusted guy. This is the guy that I put in charge of like, you know, the, the UN. <laughs> this is the guy that's in charge of like the world right now. This is the guy that I allowed to be brought up for what reason? <laughs> to be destroyed ultimately, to be humbled ultimately, so that the Esters of the world, those that didn't refuse to come to the banquet, would be rewarded and exalted, while their enemies would be pff, no more, no more. So King runs out of the room, he's so angry, and Haman's like pleading for his life. He's like, well, forgive me, Esther, please forgive me. And at the time, he kind of like falls on the couch, and it looks like he's like, it looks like he's falling on her. And the king comes in, he's like, you're going to also try to, what are you doing to my wife? You're trying to, and that was it for him. And then he found out that, that he had built the gallows for, for her uncle, Mordecai, and he's like, hang him, hang him. And that's what happens. But that's not the end of the story, okay? Because you just can't take off the head. You got to get rid of all of the uh, the seed too. So Esther comes back to the king and the king says, okay, what do you want now? He's like, I want my people, this is important people, listen, to be able to defend themselves. I want my people to have the power to get rid of their enemies. If their enemies want them gone, I want them to have the power to stop it. And I want all of Hammond's kids dead. <laughs> it was like the other thing. He had like 10 kids. So of course, puts them, they, they put them down and the decree is sent out, right? The decree is sent out because once the, uh, the king makes a decree, you can't, unless the king revokes it, it can't be changed. And so Esther comes back another time and says, do me a favor, will you revoke the whole thing about destroying the Jews for good? Will you please? And he does. And then they're given permission to defend themselves. They're given permission to rise up and, and they were so powerful and so feared because they had the king's ear 
because they had God, the Supreme One, the one and only true God on their side, that all their enemies were so scared that nobody messed with them anymore. It's a beautiful story. And they celebrated. They celebrated Purim. Because by lots, the day was cast that they'd all be destroyed. And by chance and coincidence and God's hand, they were miraculously delivered. And it was a decree that for every year it would be celebrated. And how is it celebrated? To this day, um, when you celebrate Purim, you need to read the Megillah, which is the scroll, which is the book of Esther, in the morning. And as at, at night, it needs to be heard. Why does it need to be heard? Because you need to know that regardless of if the whole world is coming against you, you're going to be put on the king's horse and paraded through and exalted. And your enemies are not going to have any more power over you because the Lord is your salvation. Because you said, not my will, but thine be done. Because you asked for the truth no matter what the cost, and you didn't want to stick around with your other nonsense. <sighs> Focused on all your nonsense. You know, it's ironic. Because, you know, I worked in Christian TV for a long time. I don't want to slight them. There are a lot of people, you know, we, we all talk about all this stuff. And, and, and I see, even there's a, uh, there's a uh, YouTuber that I talk about here and there. And I said, you know, on Twitter, I said I was going to shout him out. But, uh, you know, I'm not too sure. Because I think, you know what, these people, they, I think they have a feeling somehow that someone like myself, you know, well, you're not part of the system, right? You're not like the Queen Vashtis of the world. You're like... Like some weird YouTuber, that's all you are. You're not a pastor. You don't have a church. You don't collect tithe. But I do thank you for uh, those uh, Patreon. I do thank those people that do support the channel. That means a lot. I do. Sharing, liking, commenting, huge. Because all I want to do is God's will. That's all I want to do. I want to inspire and I want to encourage. But I saw, as I'm doing this show, I saw, you know, the, he, the, the book of Esther. And it's ironic but yet here we are once again. You have another person out there who is, it seems to be hearing the same thing that I'm hearing, right? Well, I'm sure there are other people too, but these are just people that I am familiar with on YouTube, much bigger audience than mine. So I'm like, hey man, you know, maybe we should get together. We should talk about this because see, I see maybe a different outcome. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know exactly how things are going to go, but I maybe see a different outcome. But I do see how Haman is on the throne right now. I do see that Haman is in charge right now, and I do see there is great persecution that is also coming. And I do see that the people, people of faith even, people that have morality even, people that just, you know, I mean, you look at the system, you look at what's happening in other countries where anybody who's just, you know, that declares themselves to be a Christian or a Jew or a Muslim, it happens to every faith. Anybody that puts their faith in more than Haman, Right? Today would be like putting your faith in Biden and the, you know, and, and the Senate. You know, if you don't worship them, pfft, seems like they're going to want you, you know, kaput. But the fact that this message came to me at the time it did, I can't help but think that the day is coming where God's people are going to be restored. Now, why is this something that I feel? Back to two years ago with this video.
which happens to be a live stream, ironically. I talk about how Jared Kushner and Ivanka, that they prepared these, these uh, delicious desserts. They're called hamantaschen. They look like ears. Take a look. Haman's ears. They eat them, right? Because it was the enemy of the people. And it's become like a tradition. It's become a tradition to remind everybody of the day of Purim. This is what we get Yom Kippur for. Yom Kippur is the new year, but it's supposed to be like as it is on Purim or, or, or celebrate like it's Purim. They don't really celebrate that way. They celebrate with fasting and other things. It's a little strange, but celebrate like it's Purim. Like you just were released from bondage. You were just set free from the gallows. Celebrate like that. That's why today they put on their costumes and they party and they have a good thing. But so Ivanka and Jared, now they're Orthodox, right? So they prepared all these hamantaschen cookies. And I thought it was so strange because they were giving it to the reporters who they considered their enemy. And it was almost like I was looking at two years ago, a picture of them handing over the hamantaschen cookies as like a symbol. Like one day you're going to get your just desserts. One day, you know, whether it's the fake news media or whatever you want to call it, one day, the system, you're going to get your just desserts. And it's happening everywhere. The whole system is falling down. We see corruption like you wouldn't believe. I remember years ago when I did this, this video and I was praying, I'm like, that there be corruption revealed in this, corruption revealed in that, that people's eyes would be opened. And, and here we are today. Here we are today. It's almost like every institution corruption everywhere and everybody's so scared but yet I know as perhaps Mordecai knew maybe he didn't know he was probably scared but I know that God's got a plan and it is a plan that regardless of what's coming against us regardless of how things seem to be as long as you are going to the king and saying Lord your will not mine be done he's not gonna want anybody to mess with you you get what I'm saying? So, this is an important thing because Purim is coming. It's coming very shortly. And I wouldn't doubt that we see within the next couple of weeks something beautiful and huge and dramatic taking place in the world. Something of that ilk, of Haman's ilk, where perhaps those people that right now are pointing fingers, those people that are right now trying to silence this and silence that, that perhaps things are already in motion. The banquet's here, Esther's here, and Esther's like, King, do me a favor, will you? Will you save us? That's what I'm praying. Will you deliver us? And the Lord is like, oh, I can't believe I let these guys in charge. <laughs> I love each and every one of you. I hope this beautiful story of Esther, the Megillah, the scroll, whatever you want to call it, I hope it inspired you. I hope you understand the day that we're in because it's literally playing out. It's literally playing out. All we have to wait for right now is um, the sweet dessert that awaits those that come against God's chosen, God's people. And that's a lot of you. So do me a favor. Share the video around, tell your friends, because this is an encouraging word, because God is all that's real. God is the only thing that matters. Faith is the only way out. God is your only salvation. 
And life gets a lot better when you, uh, you know, you, you come to the king. It really does. He's going to get you ready. But when you're ready, oh, God, you're going to smell nice. You're going to look nice. You're going to feel great. <laughs> it's going to be a good day. So I love each and every one of you, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for watching Jacob Israel. Please hit that like button, leave a comment, subscribe, and share this channel around. If these shows have helped you, help Jacob to reach more any way you can and have the best day ever. Click it.